Welcome, everybody. I am Rachel Levy-Lesser. And I'm Stephanie Goldstein. And this is Life's Accessories, a podcast about accessories, clothing, fashion, and the stories behind them. We are two friends who love to accessorize and who remember what we wore on pretty much every meaningful occasion. And that is what we love to talk about. And you can follow us on Instagram at Life's Accessories Podcast and also on Facebook. You can also join the Life's Accessories Facebook group where we're talking about all our life's accessories. And you can also email us at lifesaccessoriespodcast at gmail.com with comments, questions, or accessory suggestions. I mean, there's a lot of ways to reach us is what we're saying. <laughs> if you want to find us, you'll find us, right? We're not hiding. We're not hiding under a rock. That's we're for not sure. those like really famous people who don't have any social media. <laughs> no, exactly. The, re- okay. the reclusive podcasters. Nope. Not at not all. Us. Not us. Reach out. Okay. And if you like what you're listening to, we would love it for you to share this podcast with a friend and rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. And also do not forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of talking to Jane Rosen. Jane is an author and Huffington Post contributor, among other things. She lives in New York City and Fire Island with her husband and three daughters. Her work is often inspired by the people and places surrounding her. In addition to writing, Jane has spent time in film, television, and event production, and is also the co-founder of It's All Gravy, a web and app-based gifting company. What fun that sounds like. Okay, I love that name for a company. It's All Gravy. I love when people turn in little sayings to company names. Very fun. Yeah. Like, I don't know, life's accessories. I was thinking the same. Um. So her first novel, which was called Nine Women, One Dress, was translated into 10 languages. Her second novel, Eliza Starts a Rumor, which I have actually right here with me, which I just loved, has been optioned by NBC. Got to talk to her about that. Mm -hmm. And A Shoe Story, which we're going to talk about today as well, is now out. And her fourth book, which is called On Fire Island, is dropping this spring. So she really is cranking out those books. I know. That's pretty impressive. I know. I'm sure our listeners can connect the dots like we are. I mean, she wrote a book called A Shoe Story, Nine Women, One Dress. She totally gets the whole fashion connection to the way the world works. So I think she's one of us. Perfect. Perfect for Life's Accessories. Jane, welcome to Life's Accessories. We're so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. So Jane, without further ado, please tell us what meaningful item do you want to share with us today? Well, my meaningful item is more of a meaningful category and um, it's shoes. I know you know that I wrote a book called A Shoe Story. And in the book, each chapter starts with a pair of shoes. So while shoes have not always been forefront on my mind in the past year, They certainly have. (laughs) And I've developed a whole new crush on a lot of different pairs of shoes. So I just finished your book, actually, and I loved it. And I love your book, A Shoe Store, I should say. You've written several books. And I love how each chapter is the name of a different pair of shoes. And it's so descriptive. And I'm just wondering why you think are, I'll say women in general, but a lot of, I mean, I guess men too, but women in general, what is our fascination with shoes all about? Well, first of all, there's this amazing thing about shoes. You're the same size, basically, for your whole life. You don't have to, like, (laughs) you lose 10 pounds, still a size eight. 
I gained 10 pounds. I'm still a size eight. It's amazing that you just don't have to worry about how much you're eating to buy your shoes. And also they have a way of changing how you feel, of changing how you walk, of like elevating you. And I think that's a part of it. You know, they make Mm -hmm. your legs look better. I mean, it's ridiculous that women walk around and stilts basically I mean how crazy is that but you know they do something for us they raise us up they make us feel pretty I think have you always been fascinated with shoes like since you were a little girl or has this developed over the years I wouldn't say I'm as fascinated with shoes as some of the people I interviewed when I was picking those shoes for the categories there are for the chapter headers there are women that are truly shoe obsessed and collect them as if they're collecting perfume bottles or something that they wouldn't be wearing on the street on their feet. But um, I remember when I was a kid, shoes were a big thing, meaning that like my first pair of heels and my first pair of heels, I think they were corkies. They're like, they're still around now. They were summer shoes Mm -hmm. and they had an actual cork heel and they came in different sizes and they like wrapped around your foot like a sandal. And my mom would only get me like the lowest size. But then in camp, I bar- borrowed someone who had the higher heel. And it was like a whole scandal that I wore the higher heel. And that's a big memory of mine in terms of shoes. I always loved them. I have another great shoe story, actually. I That kind of led into this book. I lived on the Upper East Side when I first moved into the city and had children. And was just quickly founded by shoe loving and bag loving women. And I try, I guess I hate to say it this way, but I tried to keep up somewhat. And I bought a pair of Prada ballet flats. They were the Prada sport. Remember the Mm -hmm. things that had that little Mm -hmm. red? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they had like a mesh center and I loved them and I wore them to death. And I actually met this man on the street who was a writer whose wife had just died, very similar to Cy in the story. And he was kind of lonely. He'd walk up and down Madison Avenue and he talked to people and he started talking to me and I started talking to him. And somehow my shoes came up and he said he knew the best shoemaker and he brought me to this woman, Mrs. Berger. She was a Russian woman. She had a tiny shoe shop and she was a riot. She would like give you advice along with fixing your shoes. Long story short, I wore those shoes to a party in Fire Island. I kicked them off. A dog ate them and they were totally destroyed. And I brought them back to Mrs. Berger with tears in my eyes. And somehow this woman miraculously fixed those shoes. Hmm. So that was, I thought, a great shoe story. I lost a pair of heels to a dog. That was terrible. It was awful. But can we go back for a second? Because... I'm sort of stuck on the, like, your shoe, your foot doesn't grow, so you can wear the same shoes, right? Your shoe, so sho- I'm sorry, but, like, I had two kids, and my feet grew a half size with each pregnancy. <gasps> so yeah, that really, did. that, yes, that messed me up. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry to you, but now, you know, you <laughs> still could walk in. Now I'm okay. Size, whatever. <laughs> right. And I will be honest with you, also, <laughs> I, especially after COVID, I've been going a half size up. 
Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is interesting about the shoe sizes because also if I can piggyback on that a little bit, shoes are shoes. And like, even though let's say my mom and I were similar sizes, there's still certain clothes of hers that I wouldn't wear because they just weren't me. When my grandmother died, she was a size eight and a half, which I am too. And she had some really beautiful shoes and we were the same size and I still wear them. So there is definitely yeah. like a connection, I think, in shoes there for sure. Yeah. Yes. I, I love, I, mean, I love the point about heel height though, right? It's sort of like the taller you are, the more powerful you feel sometimes mm-hmm. in these, in these pretty exquisite stilts, right? Yes. And that's what Rachel said. I have three daughters <laughs> yeah. and every time I see them, they're wearing something of mine that I don't remember, you know, they're like, oh, you lent it to me. And I'm thinking, no, I didn't. But the good news is none of them are my shoe size. Oh, my daughter's like, not my shoe size either. That's good. I know. Because yeah. yeah. it could be but bad. I think it would cause, a, and they're all different shoe sizes. So I can just imagine what would go on if they had the same <laughs> shoe size. Big fights. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can we get into to your writing a little bit? Um, because as we mentioned in your bio, you've written several wonderful books, Nine Women, One Dress, Liza Starts a Rumor, The Shoe Story, which we were just talking about, and you have one coming out this spring on Fire Island. First of all, congratulations. I love your work. Thank you. um, can we go back a little bit and can you tell us how you became a writer? Did you always want to be a writer? When I was young, like sixth grade young, I wrote all the time. And my sixth grade teacher used to send me around the elementary school with my short stories for other teachers to read. But then somewhere between that point and college, I kind of lost my way or maybe just really was more concerned with supporting myself. So I majored in fashion, merchandising and textiles. And I got out of school and I worked in the garment center for years. And then when I had children, I started writing again. Uh, which is funny because my first book, Nine Women, One Dress, mm-hmm. is really a testament to the Garment Center and, you know, so much that I learned there. I actually started writing screenplays and I sold screenplay to Miramax and I did nicely. Nothing was ever made. And then I switched to novel writing. And that's very cool. kind of where it is. So in, in terms of your writing and how you've told stories, you've used fashion sort of as a hook throughout, right? Such as Nine Women, One Dress, and then a shoe story. So you've got fashion accessories as devices to tell your stories. And what do you think that means? What is it about fashion and accessories do you think resonates so well with your readers? I think women, you know, love a beautiful dress which is what the first book was about. That book was about one dress and nine women, ergo the name nine women, one dress. So it was tricky. I had to take one actual dress from Bloomingdale's and tie it through nine different women's lives. And and that was just the whole thing in itself. I mean, I had a calendar. Where is the dress on any date? Because it was confusing. With the shoe story, it was kind of also a little bit of a hook, the shoes, but it had a lot more freedom to it. So basically, you know, I just had to choose from any shoe in the world what this woman was going to wear out that day or that night. It was really kind of fun, but I got a little obsessive over it. I remember I had COVID and the entire time I had COVID, I got overly obsessed with the shoes. I Googled them all. The book was set in 2016. I made sure that the shoes were available in 2016. I was like, 
crazed about mixing up all the different designers, making sure I had female designers, designers of color, like really got into the whole shoe thing. And I spent a lot of time on the floor of Bergdorf Goodman and Nordstrom. And then Nordstrom made me a, a book launch party. Oh, I love floor, it. I love which it. Was amazing. That's fantastic. Oh my God. That sounds That's like so fun, fun research. I have to interject a little story, Very which I told fun. Stephanie the other day, which I think you would appreciate. I spoke to my dad in Florida, who's always good about telling a story and he doesn't always get it hundred percent right. And he said, oh, we went to lunch today at the shoe place. And I was like, uh. And he meant Nordstrom's. Isn't that the best? That is so so great. I and you knew you knew exactly where he went. It took me about it. It took me about two seconds. At first, I was like, "Which shoes?" And then I totally got it. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So so that was fun. We love how you know that you use sort of a dress and shoes as a device to tell a story. But I wanted to switch gears a little bit to Eliza Starts a Rumor because I really, really love that book. I I read in my research that it's currently in the works as a drama series on NBC and Liz Astroff is involved in that. I love her. I loved her book too. So can you tell us a little bit about that or? I can't tell you too much, honestly, but Liz, it's actually all came the oddest way that that came about. I don't know if you realize this, but I was from Eliza Starts a Rumor. I was doing a um, book talk with the Upper East Side Moms. This woman threw me out long story. She didn't like actually accessories. She didn't like that. I said something about like Hermes bags and women on the Upper East Side. I remember the story. So can you tell the story? I mean, we are like, I totally remember the story. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought it up. Okay. This problem with this, I'm going online at the book to the group. It's called Upper East Side Moms. And I'm like not allowed in anymore. And there's 80 women signed up for my book talk and I can't get on it. I'm like, what's going on here? I reach out to the head of it. She tells me, she's actually even got a little litigious. She was like, you misrepresented us. I said, no, I didn't. It's fiction. I didn't use your names, whatever. The Post picked up on this. They thought it was hysterical that I was thrown out of this Upper East Side um, book group, not book group, like mom's group. And they asked me for a quote. And I said something about, you know, if you can't joke about an Hermes bag on the Upper East Side, where can you? And I was on page six and it was a riot. Oh, and, brilliant. Yeah. And Zibby Owen read it and she like wrote, she wrote another article about it and mm-hmm. she listed all I these I totally authors. remember this. Yeah. And all these authors came to my defense and it was like as if I was a banned book, you know, and it was, it was actually in the end, very fun. And Zibby did the book talk and I contacted somehow most of those women that were on the list. Yeah. Because I had screenshot it. And, I, um, <laughs> and uh, it was very successful and fun. From that, Liz Ostroff read my book. Okay, got it. So okay. indirectly, the woman who kicked me out is responsible. For That's me fantastic. I love Thank how that you. worked out. Thank yes. you, that woman. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. That is. So that is in development. Well, we will wait with bated breath and cross our fingers to hopefully see that as a series because I could totally yeah. see that coming coming to television that would be awesome and then and then you have um on fire island coming out this spring congratulations and you spend a lot of time on fire island right i do barefoot so barefoot (laughs) (laughs) so have you had you wanted to write a book about fire island for quite some time 
if I was to tell you how close to my heart this book is and how long I've been writing the story, yeah, you would just feel, I don't know, pressure for me. That would be ah, okay. <laughs> normal. Okay. Your brain would explode yeah. with mine. Yes. I've wanted to write the story forever. It is by far the place that is closest to my heart. I met my husband there. You weren't allowed to drink anything there on the street. You weren't allowed to even have an iced tea. He got arrested drinking a Snapple. I followed him into the police station. I had just met him and talked him out of the ticket. We were engaged five and a half months later. Ah, That is the best story. I love it. I love it. A lot of reasons why I love Fire Island. And we never really left. We raised our kids there, you know. Okay. And it's a very special place. And the story is, to me, my most special story. So I hope everyone really enjoys it. Oh, that's fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about the story? Like your elevator pitch, I guess? Yeah. Sure. I'm not that good at my elevator pitch, but I will try. On Fire Island is the story of a young woman named Julia Morse, whose life is cut short. And she spends one last summer between heaven and Fire Island, let's say, uh, watching over her husband. And um, that's the story. And it's filled with the characters of Fire Island. It's actually very funny. It sounds sad, but it's not sad at all. You have to read it and find out for yourself. How did you, how did you come up with the story idea? It's, not, it's so creative and different. How did you come up with it? Well, I came up with it really character-based because I spent a lot of time, my husband plays softball. It's right across from my house. And I spent a lot of time watching these men and listening to what they're saying. And it's all very funny. And they're all like middle-aged or even older. And they're just all characters. So there's a part of this book that's based on the softball game of these men. And I just found them so endearing that I worked out a story where an older man, like 80, and the husband of the woman who died and a young kid who's 16 all spend one summer in the same house for various reasons and that whole camaraderie and the whole intergenerationalism of friendships in fire island is something that just warms my heart i have friends that are little kids and i have friends that are 80 and 90 and i always have out there and it's really unusual during covid we lived out there for six months and we played softball with kids and moms and dads at the end, it was like four days a week, right into November. The wow. kids would like finish school, run to the field, so excited for this game. And Warren and I, my husband, we were like kind of the leaders of the game because we're across from the house and we'd set it up and play. And it's just this beautiful community. And I wanted to share it, even though people are probably going to be annoyed that I'm sharing it because people will come. But- <laughs> no, I think that's so cool because it sort of sounds like Fire Island is a character in your book. We interviewed another author named Julie Gerstenblatt who wrote historical fiction novel called of Nantucket. And um, Nantucket is definitely like a character in her book. And isn't it true on Fire Island, you still can't take cars? Yeah, no cars. Yeah, I have a friend who went out there for years with her family and they used to run this giant color war, um, like, <gasps> a, like a summer camp color war. What fun. All around Fire Island. And I think at the end of it, somebody proposed to somebody. So I totally oh, get the sense that it's like a very, very special place. So oh my God, um, I want to do color war. That's brilliant. It was a pretty big deal. And they would send us the pictures and everything. So um, 
are you, can you tell us a little bit about some of the events you have coming up this spring and this summer and in person and online? And I assume you're going to be on Fire Island. Yes, I wish I can tell you. I don't have them all set yet. But if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, they'll all be posted. I also have my Jane L. Rosen. That's my, um, whatever, my Instagram. Your handle? And your handle? Yes. Is it your handle? Like a CB handle. Your That's CB yeah. handle. <laughs> on there, I also have every shoe from a shoe story. Oh, okay. So it's very fun for anyone that's reading the book to scroll down and you could see them chapter by chapter. So favorite shoe in that story and why? My favorite shoe now, I'm going to tell you two different ways. Okay. My favorite shoe now, Louboutin and Ferragamo Mm -hmm. gave me shoes. Yes, they did. I went to the Louboutin showroom. Ferragamo made me a party in their store in the city. Louboutin made me one in the Hamptons and they both dressed my feet. And those two shoes are like to die for. I keep them in the little velvet pouches in like separate little shelves in my closet. And they're amazing. But my favorite shoe in the book, I'm not really sure. I would say maybe the Chanel ballet flat. Mm -hmm. That's like a classic, classic shoe to own, right? There are some shoes that women, that real shoe women have to own the rock stud, the YSL, I think it's Valentino, the um, Hermes Oron, which is that H sandal, mm-hmm. the Louboutin, the Manola Blahnik that Carrie Bradshaw used to wear with the little like jewel buckle. There's a bunch yeah. of sh- that the real shoe people say are a must if you have a shoe collection. I think we need to have some of these designers on our podcast so that we can get paid so in shoes, too. don't you say? <laughs> I mean, I'd be that's... very happy with that. Yes. Right. No, I want to write a book about bags now because, you know. Yeah, I could see that. Well, that mm-hmm. was sort of, that sort of was my next question. I know that timing is funny for writers. Like you're, start, you're just about to engage on this book tour and publicity and everything, but are you working on another project? I am. I'm halfway done and it's due May 15th. <gasps> not very good Uh oh. don't tell my editor um, <laughs> it's called seven summer weekends okay Ooh. and it is also set on fire island tell yeah. us can you tell us more about it or not yet it's about a woman seven summer weekends is about a woman yeah we're <laughs> helping you on your elevator pitch, even <laughs> yeah, though it's not done right. yet yeah. yeah who inherits a house from a estranged aunt on fire island that already has visitors set up for most of the weekends when she arrives. And it's a romantic comedy. It's a pure romantic comedy, which is really what I started writing when I wrote screenplays. And it's been fun to just really get back into that in a pure way. There's romance in all my books, but this is just, you know, start to finish. Yeah. It sounds like you just are up and running with these books. I mean, you're cranking them out, it seems like one every year or so now you're getting to that point I think you're right and I yeah. don't know how I got on this merry-go-round <laughs> I don't know how long I'm gonna stay on it now it feels good well as long as you I, keep I, coming I, yeah. up with the ideas yeah, yeah stay on it as long as you can these are fun stories great ideas that's for yeah. sure I'm curious what's your go-to shoe in your closet on a regular day what do you go to I go to this pair of like superga slip-on boots that I bought in Sicily. We went to Sicily for our 30th anniversary. Uh-huh. 
last year and I, they're just easy. I'm not really, I'm not very fancy and think about like, I don't really go much, you know, I work in my house. Right. Go for a walk. Yeah. And I work. So <laughs> yeah, you know. we can relate. I mean, it's funny, Stephanie and I were talking about, cause we sometimes do these deep dive podcast episodes and I have a little bit of a theory about, well, maybe this is just me, but I feel like I have a go-to shoe for every season. Like in the winter, I live in the Northeast. I have those number six clogs, like the boot clogs. Good ones. And yeah. And I have them in two colors and I wear them all the time. And then it's like, okay, I kind of go to a ballet flat and then I'm in Birkenstocks all summer. Like it's right. I love shoes and I love clothes, but I'm also very boring, I guess. Yeah, no, so am I. I have a bunch of them, but I wear, like, I have those Birkenstock clogs, right. you know? Yes, yes. Um, if I could just wear those every day for my whole life, I would be thrilled. Yeah, COVID made me a fan or willing to accept the Birkenstock in my life. Yeah, so and I have the so metallic Birkenstocks, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, patent leather blue. No, they're not patent leather, they're velvet blue. Oh, they were great. like a special, you know. Special edition, yeah. special collaboration. Okay. I feel I feel very seen because you know when I was just reading your last book and doing some research on you, I was thinking about all these beautiful shoes and they're sort of aspirational shoes for sure. But I feel a little bad that I don't wear all the shoes in my closet. I guess similar to all the bags and the accessories and everything. But I think you kind of have to go with what's comfortable at some point. Yeah, I feel bad too. Um, yeah. <laughs> This I is do. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> but Rachel, didn't I say to you the other day, we took my son, he's a junior. And so he, we're starting the whole college tour thing. I think I said to you the other day, Rachel, like I need to get a pair of like college tour walking shoes. And a good crossbody bag. We agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you just need a really cute pair of sneakers. I personally mm-hmm. think Adidas sneakers now and the bright colors, they're more like the pointy sneaker. Not yeah. the meh. Yeah, those are like those are fun. You pick a good color and go for it. Yeah, we want to get a big sneaker head on our show because sneakers really are the new thing. Mm -hmm. I have a pair of this rag and bone. They're sort of like a retro black sneaker with like a white V in there. Do you wear those all the time? I wear them a lot too. Okay, I should have thrown those in with the clogs. I wear those too. Yeah, so I sort of have like three pairs of shoes at my side door, and that's kind of what I go in. And everything in the closet just stays in the closet. And They'll yeah. have to just keep each other company up there. That's right. Moved yeah. from the Upper East Side where I raised my kids to Soho like six years ago, seven. I don't know when, but it doesn't matter. So I used to walk the dog in Central Park and I started walking the dog to sample sale that was down the street. Mm. And I would only allow myself to get like one thing a week because you could forget about it. Right. But I had, had so many shoes from there that are gorgeous. And that then COVID hit and they just all sat there in my closet staring at me. Yeah. COVID changed everything. We haven't really gotten Truly. to the shoes, but for sure it was the pants and the leggings and the sweatpants and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. I'm feeling very mm-hmm. dressed up today because I'm wearing jeans and boots. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a big deal. Well, you mentioned your Instagram account. Can you tell us, um, is that where you want our listeners to go to, to find you any other places, your website or. If they go on the Instagram account. They'll mm-hmm. find out everything I'm doing, but I also have a newsletter that I send out and they could just message me right there and I'll put them on the list okay. with like fun talks and sometimes little shoe discounts and stuff like that. What yeah. fun. That's great. And do you have a particular pair of shoes that you'll be wearing while you do your book events? Well, now I think I'll be barefoot, right? Oh, 
That sounds good. No, 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 I'll wear my Louboutins that they gave me and I'll wear the Ferragamos that they gave me because they're so beautiful and special for the most part. Okay, that sounds good. Well, I feel like our listeners should be on the lookout for your books, for your shoes, for your feet, mm-hmm. for all the cool information that you're providing. And it's it really is fun to follow you on Instagram because of all the, the shoes and the writing. And um, it's just been so much fun to talk to you. Thank you. It's been so much fun being on your podcast. Well, we loved having you and thanks for spending part of your day with us. Thank you. Thank you.